Welcome to Cross Point Baptist Church. Greet each other with a holy honk. Music to my ears on Sunday morning, headache to my ears in the afternoon, sitting on my front porch. But it's great to hear from you all this morning. It's uh, We've been blessed with yet another beautiful day to uh, come together. Let's use the word worship on purpose, not just let it use it to flippantly. We're he, we are here to worship. That means give our Lord our focused attention. And usually we do that through, uh, by starting, usually through um, Andrew, Andrew Ridings and the praise team leading us. This morning, um, we're not going to be doing that. Andrew uh, had a little bit of a sinus issue going on, and he was going to muster it out. And um, I decided to take that decision away from him just so he didn't have to Work that hard, but we appreciate all the work and his heart that he has for that aspect of our uh, way of worshiping. But today we uh, come together on purpose, and it, it is a good day. I am grateful to be able to be here. We are uh, excited. There's excitement as I'm going from car to car, um, listening to what's going on in your lives. Uh, there's uh, an excitement as well. But listen, we got to be mindful of watching what the Lord is up to in our lives. He's always up to something in the believer's life. So uh, just remember that, and that's the, that's the actual topic that we want to share with each other this morning. I wanted to um, give you just a couple of uh, notes of information as it relates to our calendar. 
and then we're going to open the word this morning. Um, number one is that today at 3.30, if you are an Awana worker, uh, we are having an Awana orientation workers meeting at 3.30. Um, <clears throat> we're going to go over the plan uh, of how we're going to do this thing and what it looks like. It will be on Sunday nights and not Wednesday. So if you're a worker, you've already gotten the email. Or if you're even interesting and are a member of our church, we would encourage you to see Pastor Rick, Commander Brad. And, uh, but that is today. And I also wanted to remind you that, um, well, I don't, probably don't need to remind you that uh, right now it's an election year. Did you guys know that? There's an election or something coming up in November? No, nobody knew that. Uh, but there is an election coming up. And the last day to register to vote is October 5th. So if you have not registered to vote, make sure you get that done. Um, you can mail it in, but the other way is to go down to the Board of Elections in Claremont County, which is down in Batavia, and to get registered to vote. It's vitally important that you vote. Uh, it's not a biblical mandate, I would say, to vote, but it is a, um, it's your voice, and it's another way of doing our best voting with our God conscience to point this country in the direction of our Lord, of God. So uh, I encourage you to register if you're not registered, and then you can start voting in person. I think the 6th, Bob, is that right, 7th? On the 6th. So you can start voting in person on the 6th as well. So um, wanted to make sure you're aware of that. And I also wanted to mention two, um, uh, two prayer requests that are— um, we didn't see coming. They're kind of untimely. One is Chris Meyer has been coming to our church for quite some time now, good year plus. She usually parks right about there. And um, she broke her shoulder. She fell and hurt her shoulder, and she asked us to pray for her this morning. So uh, you be thinking of Chris Meyer throughout the day. We'll uh, have Pastor Roger put her on the uh, crosstalk as well. And perhaps you saw the crosstalk, I think it was Friday, uh, Chuck Eckert is having a, um, I think, a little bit more of an emergency surgery. Uh, tomorrow is the plan date for Chuck. So we want to keep Chuck and Sharice lifted in prayer. It is very trying to have your loved one go through a procedure, Betty knee replacement, Diana Ferguson, and and you can't. It's hard when you can't be in there with your loved one. It's very heartbreaking as well. Um, but all the more reason for us to be praying for each other and loving on each other. So let's keep that at the forefront of our mind. I want to give one more announcement, and then we'll probably close with this as well. And it relates to our Kentucky Mountain Mission Cross Point Prayer Pool Party that we've been doing on Facebook Live throughout the week. Um, you have seen, uh, hopefully, yesterday morning, as soon as I got the pictures, I put them out there for, for you to see that they were pouring concrete, the second phase of the concrete, on the pool yesterday morning. And that was very exciting to see. Um, there's an opportunity for us, if you have the time, it be probably be in weekdays, to go down there and actually do some, some cleanup and some, some, uh, some labor uh, for the project as well. So we are very encouraged by our church. Remember... We, we didn't just own this project to raise the money. I don't, I'm, I'm convinced 
We were not put on this earth to be fundraisers. That's not our primary call in life. It's to be uh, walking with the Lord, knowing who he is, sharing him with others, and growing thereby. And God has chosen this, this project to be the thing that's going to help Cross Point Baptist Church and its members and believers grow. Why? Because he uses the prayers of his saints, of his believers, to accomplish his will. That's where you and I are involved. I believe he's using this as a means to show the missionaries and the staff of Kentucky Mountain Missions that uh, uh, there is work going on beyond them. Sometimes you get caught in your own circle, and they're going to be able to watch and see God move. I don't know how this, how God's going to move, but I think it's just curious that the week we started praying as a church family, the week we started coming together, the monies went up, and the, and the pouring of the concrete started within days. I absolutely love that. That should cause an excitement in your horn right now. And uh, tomorrow, I hope to have a, if not tomorrow, Tuesday morning, um, kind of a count of what Cross Point Baptist Church has given. I, I committed us to $1,000. Uh, they were 12000 short as of be a week and a half ago or so. And uh, I know that we've superseded that. I will share that number when I have it, and I'll have a harder number from them as well. So the project is moving along. But I want you to remember that throughout the week, we started on Monday, we were praying for this project, and we used the letter P as a, um, as a template for what to pray for. We prayed and joined together for the personnel on Monday that was going to be doing the work. We gathered, we prayed for the product, all the the, the ingredients, uh, the, the lumber, if any was needed, the, there's electrical work. We prayed for the concrete and, and all those. We prayed on Wednesday for the prayers, the people that are praying, the other believers that are praying, that they would be undergirded and continued steadfast in the praying. And Thursday, we prayed for the pace, things that work that needed to be done in a timely manner so that the next project or next worker can go. In other words, the, the concrete needed to be poured and set so that the tile workers can come in. They can't have both teams there at the same time. And then Friday night, we prayed for precision. The um, building to be engineered and the building to be precise. We have scripture that kind of guided us in our prayer. Last night, many of you text me going, hey, Where's our prayer pool party? Uh, I had every intention on doing that. We had a activity from 5 to 7, and it just simply got away from me to where I knew we, I wasn't going to be able to do that. And uh, so I apologize for that, but I hope that you continue that prayer on yourself as we uh, look for great things to come about. So let's pray for a moment here. We're going to ask us to come together pray for this morning. Pray that God would meet us right where we are. We're getting ready to go into the building next week. Next Sunday is the first day uh, for us to be back in the building. And uh, we're taking the precautions that we can. We're planning. So this is kind of our last time for probably this year, I'm assuming, that we'll be out here. Uh, this has been 
different. I, 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 I'm refraining from using the word fun um, because we got to be careful that we don't just come and attend. And that's kind of what this whole pandemic has caused us to do and become as a church. We have become attenders. Now, when you're in God's family, you're a participant. You're, everybody has a call. Everybody has a spiritual gift to be used through that local church. So we want to get back to those things. And But let's bow for prayer and ask the Lord to meet with us as we uh, then begin to open his word. Dear Lord, thank you for loving us and the people of Cross Point being here this morning. They have a task this morning, actually, of listening to their pastor, one voice, for this amount of time. When we listen to the same tone and the same voice, sometimes we can kind of just check out. Lord, I'm grateful to know that you speak to us in many ways. You speak through your word. You speak through that still, small voice. You impress upon our hearts, and it comes in such a variety of ways. So speak to us today. May we have ears to hear. We do a lot of talking to you, not considering that you have an ear that hears. So today, as we continue our topic of prayer, I pray that you would uh, move in hearts, challenge others, maybe even cause someone to do something that they to do something that they'd never done before. Uh, so as we open this topic, we open your word today at this teaching hour. I pray that it would be beneficial. I pray in Jesus' name, Amen. So I wanted this morning to more teach than preach. I'm kind of doing this time frame a little uh, how we usually would do it a little backwards most of the times we stay with a passage and have supporting scripture we interpret scripture in light of scripture and um, there's usually points maybe that will follow today I just want to teach a topic that um, is in the Bible I'm not positive it's commanded, but it probably is, that um, has to do with prayer. Before I share that word, I'm going to tell you an illustration. So I'm going to sh share an illustration, share a, several portions of Scripture, and then just kind of teach some application. I have a jump box for if your car were to stall out. It's only about this big, not much bigger than a cell phone. Now, when Dan Prem was stuck and needed to jump, I had the old school jump box. It was a big one in the pouring down rain. But hey, I'm here to serve. But now they're only this big. About a month ago, um, I helped, us, helped a guy. He battery wasn't starting, wasn't starting. And I took this jump box and I hooked it up and it was doing its job. It was fully charged. It was trying to put the, the jump, the charge into the battery, but there was a problem, and that was at that point, the battery, what, the cell was dead. It just wasn't, the battery was, was no good. Now, I'm going to pick up that illustration at the very end of today. 
But I've also helped people with the very same jump box. In fact, I've used it on something here. I can't remember what, but I've used it right. Oh, it was on the church van. And there was just enough in that battery that that jump start allowed the van to start. And the alternator got going in it. And an alternator gives volts back to the battery. Okay? So it did its job. But that van needed some help. It needed that jump start. Are you ready for the topic today? The topic is fasting. Fasting. I was uh, back there talking with Keith and Dow a little bit ago, and they're talking about uh, the stir fry that she made and the moose stick and, and all the, the dishes that I've had at her house before. And I said, now listen, Dow and Keith, I'm getting ready to talk about fasting, and I haven't had even had breakfast yet. This is not fair what you're doing right now. But what happens is you mention that word, and to some listening today, it may sound foreign. On Facebook Live, you may be thinking, man, what is up with these crazy fundamentalists? They're, they, now they're talking about fasting? Or others have heard this word and been like, Pastor, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've done that. It's been, I know what it is. I've experienced it. It's been beneficial. Or others have done it and continue to fast because you know the validity of it. So I want to talk about that this morning just simply from the Bible. Bear with me as the wind's starting to play havoc with my, with my notes here. But many Christians will talk about the do's and the don'ts, the do's and the don'ts of being a Christian or at least maybe sometimes the world will project that onto you. Oh, you shouldn't do that now. What's the good book say? They may add. Can, I, can we be reminded that it's about the walk and the relationship? Man, I feel like I, I just ring that bell every week because I don't want you caught in that same, trek, I, same trap. I want you prepared. I want you growing and walking in a vibrant relationship like the patriarchs of the faith. Fast is an intense prayer. It's that jump start to praying. We'll cover excuses toward the end. We got all kinds of reasons right now. You may be going through your mind why you can't do it. And uh, we'll, we'll cover that more toward the end. But what is fasting? You probably need that jump start somewhere. You've, I guarantee you've needed the jump start in your spiritual life somewhere since becoming a believer. You get wayward. You get lost. You get... Uh, lackadaisical in your approach to him. You get irreverent. We get all kinds of things. What is a fast? What's that mean? What does that, how's that defined? It's defined like this, an abstinence from anything that hinders our communion, our communion with God. So there's things in your life that can hinder your communication or your communion with God. And that is, we want to refrain from those things, but for the purpose of jump-starting that relationship, that communion. All right, so get out your Bibles. We're going to turn to several portions of Scripture, and then we're going to turn to some more Scripture, and then we're just going to talk about application, all right? So the first is just what is a fast? We just defined it we probably immediately go to a food fast, okay? So turn with me to Luke 4, 2. 
Luke chapter 4, verse 2. It's okay to have fast fingers and a pen to write, to write today. Because this may be new information for some. It may be a reminder for others. But Luke chapter 4, verse 2. As we look at the mainly the three types of fast. And this is a food fast. Luke 4, 2, it reads, Being tempted 40 days by the devil, and in those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. So this is talking about Christ when he was on the uh, walking the earth early in his, um, in his, what we'll call it his public ministry, that he saw the need to be alone, to make sure that communion, that communication with the Lord was that close. And he refrained from the food. We'll probably pick that up more in a minute. In Ezra chapter 10 and verse 6, going back to the Old Testament, we're going to be in several portions of the Old Testament. In Ezra chapter 10 and verse 6, is another uh, absolute fast. Okay, so there was a food fast in Ezra chapter 10 and verse 6. We're going to see an absolute fast. It reads like this. Then Ezra rose up from before the house of God. He went into the chamber of uh, Jehoanna, the son of Elashib. And when he came there, he ate no bread no, and drank no water. And he mourned because of the guilt of those from captivity. Now, why is he doing this? We're going to get to it. We're just looking at the different types of fast. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 7 is yet another fast. And it's a fast of not food or even drink, but the fast of intimacy with your spouse. Okay? So there is three different types of fast in the Old Testament. I want you to not just think of fast as, I can't eat today. No, I want you to see something much, much bigger than that. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus talked about praying, giving, and fasting. All right? But what I want you to do now is look at the effects of fasting. You realize that when Moses received the Ten Commandments, before he received the Ten Commandments, the Bible says that he fasted. Exodus chapter 34, verse 28. David would purposely fast for the purpose of deepening his relationship with God. Psalm 69, verse 10. Israel called the nation to fast and pray, looking for God to intervene. 2 Corinthians chapter 20, verse 3. Daniel fasted to discern God's timetable. Did you catch that? There was a purpose in that fast. Nineveh, the sinful, wicked city of Nineveh, they fasted after hearing God's warning of judgment in Jonah chapter 3, verse 10. And then the New Testament church fasted and prayed in Acts 13. And that's the one I want you to turn to is Acts 13. verse 2 and 3. Acts 13, 2 and 3. 
It reads as, the, as this. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, having fasted and prayed, laid hands on them, and they sent them away. Now, my intention was to go over every one of those verses. But I don't think I need to. I think we see the example, and we see the, we're going to see the end result here of fasting. My goal today, remember, as your pastor, is not only to feed you, but it's also to prepare you. To prepare you for spiritual battle that you have become the face. Some of this spiritual battles, well, it is within your own heart, even. And this is yet jump starting that prayer time with the Lord. So, as we think about fasting, there's four principles that I want you to embrace today. Now, remember, these are just ap um, applications, four principles to embrace. One is obedience obedience let's talk about what fasting is not it is not a work that you do that will eliminate your sin god's not going to look at you from heaven look down and say oh look they're fasting enough they're, they're praying enough that i'm just going to overlook and forgive that sin that's not how forgiveness works at all Forgiveness works when you come to the Lord and you're confessing your sin. You see your sin the way that he sees it and you confess it to him. And forgiveness comes. If it was about fasting enough and praying enough, well, then that would simply be a work, wouldn't it? Fasting does not, uh, doesn't impress God to the point of ignoring sin either. Listen, if that's your motive, you'll probably just end up hungry. But genuine fasting is one that prepares the heart. Watch this. <laughs> genuine fasting is one that prepares the heart and makes it sensitive to sin and the Spirit's work, the Spirit's convicting. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. You want to be made whole today? You want to be made clean today? Do you want that? This is a step in that direction to help you. We, our problem is we become even calloused. I'm speaking to the believer, not the world right here. The, the world, they already don't want anything to do with God. They're already calloused toward him. I'm speaking to the believer. Do you want to be, do you want to know him? You need to become sensitive to sin and not calloused. And the Spirit's convicting let me put it in Scott Land terms. You got to deal with your stuff. You got to deal with it. You, you can't ignore it. It's only going to fester in, or, or callous over any, way, any uh, illustration you want to use. Striving to be obedient to the Lord at all times. 1 Peter chapter 1, 3 through 16. So he gives an example, and he says, this only comes about by praying and fasting to his disciples. So that's probably the command there, but we see it over and over. And it's, it's interesting that he says, when you fast, not if you fast, is what the scriptures tell us. So one is obedience. Number two is control of appetites. Control of appetites. You're like, oh, here we go. 
He's saying this because maybe he's noticed I've gained the – you know what COVID-19 stands for? That's the 19 pounds that you gained in the last six months. He's noticed that we're all gaining weight. No, that's not why. It's not just about controlling appetites because the Bible talks about much more than your food appetite. Let's get into that. Fasting brings out our physical appetites under the Holy Spirit's control. We have hunger drives. We have emotional drives. Approval. Wanting people's approval will drive us. We have passions. I believe they are, most of those are God-given, but only to be fulfilled within the boundaries of God's word. Watch. Watch this. There are times when these drives consume us. They become our idols. There's times when these drives just take over our lives and pushes the walk, the, the relationship with God right out of the picture. When these, when, we are, when these are fasted against, we are able to talk and listen to him more attentively. Listen, that's a hard thing to decipher. What is driving you? What drives you? That's a, that's a great question to ponder, regardless your age. But think about this. What are your top three drives? What are the top three things that drive you? Let me share some of that list. Again, is it money? You're like, I don't like the prestige of money, but how much do you put in the security of money? It's important. Not saying it's not important, but does it drive you? Dave Ramsey would probably wring my neck right now. But does it drive you? Listen, what about your health? You put so much stock in your body and in your health that it becomes your obsession. Think about it for a moment. What about intimacy? There is a sexual drive in people. We see it in our culture. What about the need to be in control? Does that drive you? What about addiction? Do you have an addiction that drives you? Here's why I'm sharing these. Because when you fast and put these things at least under the attention of the Holy Spirit, you're going to be reminded that one day all these things that are driving you are going to be gone. They're going to, they're going to be gone. And then what are you left with? What's left? Let me tell you what lasts forever. Your relationship and the Word of God when they intersect in your life, for eternity they last forever. That's what matters. That's what matters. You want to be freed from those things? Thought patterns have to change. Turn with me to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It's not the time for this, but I actually saw a, an application that I've never seen before in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 in these two verses. Romans, you have to change, we have to change the patterns of our thinking. Romans chapter 1, you know the first part for certain. I beseech you or urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. 
You're saying, Lord, here am I. I'm going to present these things before you because I'm yours. You have bought me with the blood of Jesus Christ. I am a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And here's what has to happen is a changing of your thinking. And do not be conformed to this world, but be renewed by the renewing of your mind, that you may be able, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Fasting is a drive aid in bringing change with, with Scripture. Perhaps I'll share some stories if I have time about fasting experiences with some of you right here in our church body, but I want to move to number three principle about fasting is control of the Spirit. Now, you, the best text for this is Galatians chapter 5. But the desire of the believer is to be pleasing to God. And the Holy Spirit is the one that can, make, can get us there. Fasting makes, makes us more aware and, and keen to think clearer and even quicker. And as a result, there's a new awareness to God's presence. I want to share a, a little snippet of a story of somebody that I fasted with. I fasted with several of you right here in this church. We do it privately. We don't talk about it because that's what the Bible tells us how to do it. And uh, the first time I ever fasted uh, was in the early 90s. And uh, my goal was to just fast for 24 hours and not eat, right? I, I didn't know what I was doing but I would allow myself to drink water. And uh, as I, what little bit I knew is I went to Scripture, and I knew that uh, I'm not to let anybody really know it. I don't want to be braggadocious about it. I went to work, and I didn't tell anybody. And um, I went on with my day as usual. At the end of that 24-hour period, of course, my wife knew, um, or throughout that day, I should say, I got a headache. And at the end of that 24-hour period, I was extremely hungry. And my conclusion was, so that's it? That was it? I just got hungry. God, I thought something magical was supposed to happen. Where's the secret sauce in my spiritual walk that's going to get me closer to you? I'm glad for that experience because it, it taught me what I was doing incorrectly. It's not about doing without. It's about doing with. I had left out the Word of God in my life. I had left out the Scripture in my life. I went to work that day. I had worked. When I came home, I sat down on the TV, maybe played around in the yard, but I went back to the TV and waited till that 24-hour period was up so I could eat. That's not fasting. That's not eating. Fasting is saying, I'm going to put this in my, I'm going to put this in my life on hold in order to have more of this in my walk. That, that's what it's about. And when I had learned that, I, the next time I fasted, I partnered up with somebody in his church, and we did it again for another 24-hour period. Well, now, that changed things. That changed things. And on my machine, when I, would, when I was fasting at this time, I put a scripture on my machine. And every time I'd hit a button, my machine would go up and down, and I would see that scripture, Matthew 11, 28 through 30. 
I memorized that scripture that day just by that being right there. That scripture has a very special place in my heart. And you know what would happen? Every time I would even feel a little bit of a hunger pain, I, w- I would think of either a scripture, that scripture, or just him. Thinking about him every time I had that feeling. And you know what? All of a sudden, 24 hours became exciting. At the end of that day, me and that individual, we got together and talked about what that was like. And that was very special. But then I realized something else, that there's other appetites that, that we, I needed to fast from to give God even more of my attention. I couldn't just sit on the couch and watch Bonanza all day. I couldn't just sit on the couch and wait for my next favorite program. That was feeding something that was feeding my fleshly desire, not giving God my attention. In that 24-hour period, it's amazing how cleansed, how more clear I was thinking and seeing about God. I gave control to the Holy Spirit. I think for the first time in my life in a, in a, in a cognitive way. Now, I believe I gave control of my, uh, to the Holy Spirit when I got saved in a junior high age at a camp. I do believe that. But I, as an adult, never felt more like he had all of me because I had given him. And I was in tune and walking with him. Fasting also aids in number four in the aid of worship. The aids of worship. There's a book titled Handle with Prayer by Charles Stanley. And he talks about fasting in one of those chapters. And he talks about at his church, there was a group that would fast for some for 12 hours, some for 24 prior to the Sunday morning worship hour. And uh, what a, a unity it brought when they would come together at that worship hour because for the last 12 to 24 hours they were focused in on nothing but the Holy Spirit and the Lord and and how that he was pointing things out in their life things that that they had not seen before and attitudes that were being enhanced in their life but it aided in their worship when believers fast and seek God he becomes their priority So what's your priority today? Well, we know the old adage, show me your time, show me your money, I can show you your priority, right? So that's uh, something to be aware of. But be reminded that Jesus didn't say if you fast, but when you fast. Well, let me get to this, because right now, many of you may be thinking, I'm hungry now, and you're talking about fasting. I'm not talking about starting today. And you may be thinking, you don't know my situation. You don't know what I have going on. So I, I, I talked with people and, and, and want to address some of the reasons why people don't fast, why believers don't fast. First, because they're not Christians. They're not believers. If you're not a believer, there's really no reason to fast in a spiritual sense. In fact, right now in the workout world, intermittent fasting is the big thing. In fact, that's how the word breakfast even came about. I don't know if you knew this. The word breakfast, which we all love, you know, eggs, bacon, and all that stuff. You know why it's called breakfast? Because you're breaking your fast from sleeping. That's how the name even came about. 
Right now, there's a big workout thing of uh, intermittent fasting, eat in an eight-hour window or a 10-hour window or a 12-hour window, and they talk about the health benefits. So it's kind of a thing out there, but we're talking about a spiritual fasting. You know, you may think, ah, I don't have to be a Christian to fast. You'd be correct. But Jesus felt the need. And my question to you would be, do you know something that he doesn't? Ooh, that hurt. Are you spiritually stronger than Jesus Christ? He spent 40 days fasting because he knew what was about to come. Top four reasons on why believers don't, won't fast. One, they don't understand it. They think it's just for the zealous, the, the people way out on the fringe. Well, here is a bare-bones working understanding of what it is. Number two, I take meds and I can't miss a meal. I totally understand that. Totally get it. You don't have to fast for these long, lengthy periods of time because you can fast not only and still eat food, but you can fast from television, social media, Things that would keep you, your appetites that would keep you from giving your attention to God. Please hear me on that one. When I'm talking about fasting, it's not always about food. It, you can fast about a specific thing. And be mindful of this. In the Bible, they didn't fast to get God to do something for them. You fast in order to know God. We have a big decision to make. Maybe we will call each other to a fast to help us make that decision to be spiritually, spiritually sensitive to what the Lord would have us to do. Or another one, third reason why people won't fast or don't fast, because it messes up their, their workout routine. It just messes up my workout routine. I have to eat, and, and I'm trying to hit these certain goals. I think the biggest reason, though, is number four. It's just a undisciplined, you got to want to. You got to have a lot of want to in order to fast and to know God in this way. Well, I want to let you know that if you desire to fast for the first time, I want to do this thing, Pastor Scott, but I'm kind of scared. And I'm not sure how it works. I will do it with you. You contact me privately privately now we'll do it very much in private and i will fast with you we'll talk through it we'll set the goal and the agenda of what we hope to accomplish and i'll do it with you with with the long-term goal of all of us doing it in some sort in the near future in the near future all of us considering putting aside a fleshly appetite in order to be more sensitive to jumpstart our prayer life Remember when I talked about the first illustration about the jump box and I hooked it up to this guy's battery? The jump box was working. It did its job. It was sending the current to the battery. The problem was the battery had a dead cell. It was not going to receive. It was not going to receive the, what it needed to get it going, to get the motor going, to get it rejuvenated, get it going again. The battery was dead. The dead battery. We've experienced this, I'm certain, at some point in your life. Lawnmower, car, something like that. 
If you don't know Jesus Christ, if he's not first and foremost in your life, at one point, if you haven't turned from yourself and turned to him, you have a dead battery. The difference is it's placed. You have a dead soul. My word of encouragement for you is this, that when you get that awaken alive unto him and you're ready to start putting these spiritual disciplines in place, you're going to grow and grow. And there's going to be an excitement that happens, not because he's given me all this joy that supersedes everything, but because no matter what happens, you're in tune with God. If we'll be honest, we'll say that we don't always feel in tune with him. And again, this is yet another way of how we can know and be in tune with our Lord. So I wanted to share that today for the purpose of the whole, every reason that we had shared of last week of prayer, prayer, Monday, prayer, Tuesday, pr every day of the week we have been praying together. I thought it would be timely. The last verse I want us to look at this morning is Psalm 69. So turn with me in your Bible to the about the middle of your Bible, Psalm 69, and verse 10. This is an interesting scripture. If you read just this one verse, it's going to read peculiar to you. It's going to read kind of, kind of funny. Psalm 69, verse 10. Uh, but when we keep it in context, you'll, uh, you'll see what I mean. So it reads like this. When I wept and chastened my soul with fasting, that became a reproach to me. Oh, well, now wait a minute. He, you just said that fasting was good. When he was brokenhearted and wept and chastened my soul with fasting. He did everything that, that we just described in the Bible that we just described in our spiritual walk. And look how verse 10 ends. That became my reproach. That, that word reproach means to find fault within a person, to find fault. So he was at fault for fasting, and the answer is yes. But his reproach wasn't from God. It was from Israel. It was the other people. They found fault in David for doing what was right. They found a reason to uh, point out an error. Don't let that become a fear. Don't let not, not doing something you've never done before or, or something you don't fully understand, don't let the fear of the unknown become your hindrance. I try my best. I would try, encourage you to do the same to not be so concerned about what other people think. It's hard. I know it's hard. All that matters is what does God think. At the end of life, at the end of the day, it's what does he think. So today my effort was to pull us all together and to get us challenged in thinking about this discipline to put in our life to enhance our walk. It was different today, I understand, but I hope it was beneficial. Has it been good to be here this morning? I don't know why you're honking. You're just going to run to the restaurant. 
Yeah, I heard that. Well, let's be uh, uh, dismissed in a word of prayer. We have a lot uh, to be thinking about. We want to thank Dan for uh, his work over the last several, I don't know how long it's been, weeks and months, uh, being here early, setting up. Yeah. Pastor Rick has really owned our Facebook. And... um, Tom Burnett had the foresight of the connection on getting us the FM transmitters. So it took a lot of people to get this thing off the ground. And uh, uh, we're grateful. And I'm going to go ahead and say it now. It was kind of fun. We may do it again in the future, uh, but, but not next week. We'll be in the building next week. All right, let's be dismissed in a word of prayer and ask the Lord to, to bless us. Please pick up this challenge. Dear Lord, thank you again for loving us. You've you've given us great weather for the last several weeks as we've met like this. Thank you for that. Thank you. There's people on watching uh, that that aren't able to be here that can't quite feel the power of the gathering through a social media. And Lord, you can kind of sort of feel the power of the gathering even though we're still quite a bit apart in the parking lot. But next week, when we go in the building, I pray that the power in the gathering of believers would be strong, that that the spiritual meter would be pegged. It would be strong as we go in that building for the purpose of giving you our focused attention. We love you, and we need you. Continue your work at Kentucky Mountain Mission and our pool project as we start gathering numbers and prepare to uh, pray and prepare to um, uh, undergird this thing to the end. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, you are dismissed.